morning, good morning. Nice to be here. Once, uh, many years ago, um, Rabbi Nu was invited, uh, to, Rabbi Nu Sr. was invited to speak in Toko, and he says, it's nice that they invited the Sitrach, or they invited us from the other side, so I'm now returning his favor. <laughs> so, um, Yossi mentioned that this week's Parsha says that, that anyone who had not had a bris, either him or his sons or his, even his avadim, who did not have a bris mila, could not partake of the Korban Pesach. And the, the Midrash says that, um, except for Shevet Levi, the entire Klai Yisrael were, were Aurelim, they were not circumcised, didn't have the bris mila. Um, as they were getting ready for the Karim Pesach, and um, they said, uh, what's going to be? So they, they it's a machlokis in the Midrashim about when exactly they ended up doing it, but, but be that as it may, there was a massive uh, uh, amount of, of Klai Yisrael that had to have a bris mila. The Midrash says that Moshe Mal, Aaron Perea, and Yoshua Mashke. It's a very interesting word in the Midrash. What it, exactly it words mashke? I assume it's referring to Matitza, but it's really none of the Mefarshim and the Midrash explain exactly what what uh, what Yeshua was doing. It was as, it was quite an assembly line. I don't know that they slept for uh, for quite a quite a time, but all of Israel. I'm not saying it does. Um, it, the Midrash says mashke. It's not so clear what exactly it means, but it, I mean the only other thing that I can think of is that it was it's referring to mitzitzah, and not necessarily. It's not clear from the Midrash mitzitzah bepeh per se, but it's just it just says mashke. Um, there is a minug, um, an, an old minug that many moyelim when they do mitzitzah bepeh they do take a a wine or something and they use that as part of the. Uh, of the Matitza process. So it may be a remnant to that, but I, I, I don't know. It's just an interesting midrash that I did find. Uh, very, very, very interesting. So let's begin from, from Allah's base. The Gemara has very little discussion about the, mitz, the, the mitzvah of Matitza. It's really one Mishnah uh, and one short statement from Rav Papa. The Gemara in, in Kuflam at Gimel in Shabbos is discussing a Mila on Shabbos, a bris on Shabbos. Osin kol Mila b'Shabbos. You can do anything that's needed for the direct involvement of the Mila on Shabbos. Moilin, you do the bris. Koirin, you do the priya. Umaititzin, and removing the blood, or sucking the blood, however you want to translate it, etc. And the Gemara goes and talks about other things as well. There is an opinion of Rabbi Eliezer in, in the Mishnahis here that says that even machshiri mila, even preparations for the bris mila are also mutzar on Yom Tov. So he even allowed, and in his place, that's apparently what they did. They literally would make a fire, take metal, make a knife on Shabbos, uh, you know, from scratch, and, and, make, and, make, and make a bris on Shabbos. Uh, with that, because all, according to Rabbi Lezer, all the preparations, any preparations that were needed for the Mila were 100% permissible as well. The halacha follows the chachamim, that only the actual maizim, anything that's directly involved in the Mila, you can do on Shabbos. Rav Papa says, Hayumna de if there is a uman, a moyal, who does not do the mitzitzah, sakanahu, it's a danger to the baby. 
And we remove the moil from his position. He could be the world's best moil, but if he doesn't do the mitzitzah, the, the Baruch Papa says you have to remove him from his position. What is, what is the literal translation of the word mitzitzah? So we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, there is a machlokis in the, in the linguists, uh, whether it means to actually suck or it means to squeeze. And that is part of how to interpret the machlokis of what needs to be done vis-a-vis the actual metzitza. Um so, so the Mishnah says, the Gemara says, pshita. Obviously, if we allow the metzitza to be done on Shabbos, then it's obviously it must be that it's dangerous and... And that, of course, you, and if you didn't do it, 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 it uh, you should remove, remove the person, remove the moil. So the Gemara said, Me once you allow you to, to break Shabbos by removing the blood from the wound, Sakanahu, it must be that it's dangerous to leave that blood in the wound. So the Gemara said, what, what might you think to say? Maybe it's really not violating Shabbos. Maybe the blood is already, once you do the chitah, once you do the cut, the blood is already there in the spot and you're not removing it from the, the actual wound. Kamash Milan, Chiburi, Michbar, that it's actually connected into the, to the actual skin and by removing the blood, you're, you're violating Shabbos and that's part of the mitzvah and therefore you're allowed to do it on Shabbos. So that's really the only... Mishnah and, and, and short sugi that discusses Metzitzah. There is no clear indication from the Gemara how Metzitzah was to be done. It was probably a Dover Pashut uh, to, to everyone, just like the Gemara doesn't really go into too many details about the Mila or the, or the Priya. It doesn't really go into many details about the Metzitzah. The first one that, um, the, that gives a a understanding of what is the sakana, what exactly is the danger of not doing the bris, is the Rambam. And the Rambam says... About not doing the mitzitzah. About not doing the mitzitzah, right. right. What, is, what, is it, what are you, basically, what are you trying to accomplish by doing the mitzitzah? So says the Rambam, after the, the, after the, the, the bris takes place, um, and the, the and the, the skin is removed, etc. You have to remove the blood from the pl- the deep places in the wound. In order to that the baby shouldn't come to a, a, a danger. So you remove him from his position if he doesn't do that. So, so the Rambam um, doesn't really give us a, a, a thorough medical, even though he was a doctor, it doesn't really give us a thorough medical understanding of what it was, the blood. There's, there's blood in a wound, so there's blood in a wound. So m- many um, in later generations tried to explain that the congealed blood that is going to be there right after the bris, if that remains there, that is going to put the baby into some type of a danger. The, he- the wound won't heal well, or it'll somehow get infected, or something else. And by removing that from the, the he says deep in the he says deep in the wound, 
um, then that will help will this, the healing process and the baby will that therefore be healed properly. So is language like protection? We, we don't know. We, in honest, honesty, we don't really, really know um, that is. And I'm, I'll get into the, the, uh, some of the, starting with the Tavares Yisrael uh, about you know, what exactly is Manazet. So if you look, so the Ramam again does not give us details about how the Metzitzah was to be done. There are some that say you could be died from the Rambam since the fact that he didn't say it. It obviously had to be Pepeh. And there's others who say in the Rambam, since he didn't say one way or the other, means maybe not necessarily Bepeh. So where, you, where does he give any indication it has to be Bepeh? Yeah. So, so the Rambam does not. I know what I said. Clear from the Rambam, from the Gemara and the Rambam, you don't have any clear indication. The first of the Rishonim that mention specifically Bepeh is the Machzor Vitri, who was a Talmud of Rashi. The Sefer Tanya, not the Sefer Tanya that you know, but the earlier Sefer Tanya, who was a Rishon, uh, who wrote halachic, tri- uh, halachic um, thing, and he mentioned specifically Bepeh. Um, the Mechaber, when he, the Shulchan Aruch, does not mention anything specifically Bepeh, but the Ramah, when he talks about Matitza, he says, and then the Moel spits it into sand. So you see that even the Ramah understood clearly that it was done Bepeh. And, and, and it seems pretty clear from all the sources up until, let's say, the 1800s that Klai Yisrael always universally did it for We don't have any indication that it was done otherwise before, before then. Can yeah? Can we say that it sounds like the whole reason that we're doing it in the first place is Mishul Is, I'm sorry? Correct. And so if that's the whole basis of doing whatever Metzitza means. Right. So when we find a better way to do it, to avert that so that, that very that's so that is definitely part of the discussion. Um, number one, you have to define is mitzitzah an integral part of the mitzvah, like part of the halacha lemash mitzina that was given, um, or is it just be simply like the simple reading of the Gemara that it was just mishum sakana, and B, um, if it was just a sakana, if it is clearly indicated today that there is no sakana, maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't apply anymore. So that is, um, that is where, where things get a little bit controversial. Um, the one's calling on, is it, the A is, the B is calling on the A because if it's not Federation Sinai, then you could change, you could change how you do it to that. If you could prove that something else would be uh, as effective. I'm sorry, you want to ask something? Yeah, is there any halacha uh, that says, like, no? Mara says, mold, but a shooter, they mold. Yes. The is integral to the middle. Right. Why is it the mitzvah integral to the middle? Why is it, or is it not? Why is it? Why, why tell us that it is other than the sakana? Why, why, why indicates that it is? Yeah, so, so the, the, the achronim who, who, who dealt with the whole issue, they, they seem to say that once it was given, once chazal were koveya, that, that you have to do it, even on Shabbos, whether it was because it's kind of, or maybe there were other reasons that they didn't want to mention, then it became part of the integral part of the mitzvah, and it can no longer be, uh, you know, changed in any way. So do you take it a step further, say, uh, so, so, so they, they, actually, um, they, they actually deal with that. The, the Maram Shik has a long back and forth about it. So he, he, even he agrees that if you didn't do mitzitzah, 
that the baby is considered nimol. And as no one's going to say that lahalacha, he's not a he's not a child who's uncircumcised, right? But it could be that the mitzvah was not done kitikuna, it was done in the proper fashion. Uh, no, because if it wasn't done b'shas ma'isa, you're not going to accomplish anything. Yeah. What's that? Mavir is right. Yeah, that you have to remove in principal position. So the first one that raised the question: A, could it be that nishtana hateva? Maybe nature has changed and that there is no longer a sakana. Um, was the Teferis Yisrael lived in uh, the late 1700s until the mid 1800s? He was a rav in various Ger- German cities, I believe. He wrote Rabbi Yisrael Lifshitz. He wrote the the parish Teferis Yisrael that appears on the, the bottom of all the Mishnayos. So he has a long in on this Mishnah on in in Rabbi Elazar Demila. He has a long discussion of raising what some of the doctors have argued and this and that. Is it Maybe it's Nishtana Teva, not Nishtana Teva. Um, he, his, his maskana is, is that even though it may not be a sakana anymore, but there is still a benefit to it, and therefore it should not be uh, done away with. It's kind of how he leaves it, he leaves it uh, hanging. What's that? Uh, he says a medical benefit. Right, there are, uh, I'm not going to be dealing in this year with, if you, you know, if you look in the Sifrei Kabbalah and the Zohar specifically, there was a lot, a lot of discussion of the spiritual thing, benefits of specifically Metzitza Bepeh. It's very, very clear. Um, but I, today I'm just really dealing only with the halachic aspects of it. Um, where do we find other examples where Nishtane Hateva? So right here in Mila B'Shabbos, um, the, the, the Shulchan Aruch in Shin Lamed Aleph says, in the times of Chachmei HaGemara, in the times of the sages, if they did not bathe the baby before the Mila, after the Mila, and on the third day of the Mila, with hot water, it was dangerous. And therefore they had a whole discussion that if, if, you, if the water spills on Shabbos, and now it's, it's, it's the third day, what do you do? Can you, can you, can you heat it up? If the uh, non-Jew, whatever, etc.? The Ha'idna says the Shulchan Aruch today, Lo Nahagu The Minag, we no longer um, wash, worry about washing the baby, and and it's it's like the other halachas of Rechitzas Kol Adam that you know whatever halachas apply to wash, a person washing on a regular Shabbos, so too would be a baby. So the, the Ramah then slightly disagrees and says the minig is still to wash, etc. He goes, but, but you see from the, the Shulchan Aruch that there are certain things that could change in the course of time that were dangerous in times of the Gomorrah. And Teva, the, 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 the Mepharshah Shulchan Aruch say that, that nature changes in certain things, things that may have been dangerous back then are no longer dangerous today. Um, and therefore... Um, the, the Tfer you know, says that maybe we could argue such a thing regarding, regarding Metzitzah as well. He does not really discuss uh, Bepeh and not Bepeh. That was really not until another uh, 50 years or so later. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe it was still just in his time. 
Um, he doesn't really go into that. He just talks about, in general, whether the mitzvah of metzitzah is still applicable or not. And he, he kind of like leaves it sort of in between, that really, maybe it's not a sakan anymore, but there's still a benefit to it, the, the doctors would agree, and therefore it still should be done. Um, as a mitzvah or as a benefit? It sounds like as a benefit, um, so, and since it's a benefit, it's still part of the mitzvah. Kind of like, it's, it's integral, they're, they're intertwined. In other words, once it's a benefit that will help the healing, um, that you could, should continue doing it as part of the mitzvah. Do you find anything similar in medical literature about any of the wounds that you really get the initial blood out? So I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you that. Um, the, 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 um, if you want to read a lot of medical literature from the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, this was translated from, from, um, from Lashon HaKodesh, this was when the AIDS epidemic first came out in the 90s. There was a Hasidic uh, Rav Goldberger, I think was his name, in, in New York, who wrote a whole sefer in Lashon HaKodesh, and it was translated into English. Uh, uh, and he did a lot of research about the medical literature at the time, um, including um, the, the famous Dr. Lister, where Listerin is named after, you know, that Lister. Uh, um, basically... Uh, there, were, there was a lot of back and forth among the doctors, but there were many doctors who actually supported Mitzita specifically, Bepev, and felt that the saliva did have a medicinal benefit to healing of the wound. Um, is there a consensus, speaking of AIDS, is there a consensus? I mean, medically, does that make sense that the father There is a consensus that a baby could. Yeah, I'm saying, is, it, is that possible? Uh, so, we'll go into it a little bit more. I'm going to get to that in, in more soon. More beneficial for the father to do the mitzvah if it's just a lot of the things that you're looking at it from a health benefit, uh, would that be... It, it could be. Uh, I mean, it could be. Not necessarily that the father's, um, the father's uh, saliva is any more healthy than the... It, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, just as I was walking in, I saw Mr. Silver. He, in 2005, he wrote a, a very interesting article that was put out by um, uh, UPI is uh, what's, what's UPI is United Press International uh, about when the whole thing about herpes in, in the New York area came out about Matitza Bepe. Um, he, so he said he spoke not so long ago with Rabbi Heber in in Brooklyn in Crown uh, uh, Heights. Uh, yeah, that they now, there were claims at the time that, that many babies after a bris were, were getting herpes from the moil. And the moilim um, claimed that, you know, it, there was no higher percentage of babies in the general population than there were among Jewish babies who had metzitzah pepeh. So he said, um, Mr. Silvers just said that they now have a way of testing the herpes that m most people just naturally are, have herpes of one type or another in their mouth. Just, just, that's just natural. That's, that's, I, don't, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's not uncommon. Um, but they have a way of checking if they check the baby, if he gets um, herpes after a bris, they have a way of checking if it was connected to the herpes in the moil's mouth or not. It's, apparently it's a recent technology. Um, and he said, so far, I'm just basing on what Mr. Silver said, they haven't found one case of that the herpes was the same type of herpes that the mother had, that the baby had. 
This is very, very interesting. So, um, yeah, but I'll, I'll hopefully get into that a little bit. Little. So, uh, so the, <laughs> yes, so that, it's a very interesting, I, I, the medical stuff I want to get to in a little bit while, for, but now let's just talk about for how the whole, mach, the whole machlokis about metzitza not being done, how that developed. So Rebbe Eliezer Horvitz, was the Rav of Vienna in the 1800s, I think I have the date here. Um, no, I don't have the date. He was a, he was a Talmud of the Chasm Seifer, so you can, some, somewhere in the 1800s. Um, the, there were several babies in Vienna who either got sick, and I think a few of them did not survive post-circumcision. The doctors at the time, this is of course Vienna, the professors and the you know, advanced science and everything, they immediately blamed the Metzitza Bepeh without really any medical evidence to it and they wanted to immediately ban uh, any Moelim for doing Metzitza Bepeh and um, the Rabbanim at the time felt that it might lead to eventually total ban by the government of, of Brismila completely. Um, and there are some countries to this day um, where where only a medical doctor can do a circumcision, um, um, that, that doesn't keep that doesn't keep Moelim from quietly doing it anyway. But but um, it certainly when you know it becomes much more challenging when when um, it is when it is that way. So so he wrote Rabbi Eliezer Hurvitz wrote to his Rebbe to the Chasm Seifer and explained the situation, and he says, <clears throat> "What does the Rav think?" This, so he has a letter back. Um, this letter was not published in the Chuvas of the Chasm Seifer. Um, and there were those who challenged uh, um, Rev Horowitz, uh, you know, as polemics sometimes go, accusing him that maybe it was Mazuyev, um, uh, maybe it was not authentic. Um, you know, I wasn't there, I don't know, it's hard to say. Um, but the, the Chasm Soifer did, there is a letter that, that was printed by Yad Eliezer, the, the Eliezer Horowitz, um, of the words of the Chasm Soifer, and he proved that we don't find in Chazal and the Gemara anywhere that Metzitza specifically has to be oral suction, um, and therefore in situations where it needed, it's clear from the tshuva that it was really only being given Heta Horasha, that was only given um, you know, in a situation where the government was trying to intervene, and if not, they would have totally banned things. And therefore, he said it could, it does not necessarily had to be done um, orally, and, and he gave it, um, he gave his stamp of approval for, in that situation in Vienna at the time, that it should be done other ways as well. So, so there specifically in the, the Chuva, it seems that the main discussion was fog, was some type of a, of a gauze um, that was discussed. Um, I don't recall specifically if he discusses the other ways as well. The two other ways that, that are discussed by other post scheme is, um, is the glass tube, which was, was very common in certain... I'm a little confused. If the whole thing on the sits that is the saliva, then what is the any, any other way Well, well so the, the Ramam never mentions the saliva. The Ramam... The, yeah, so there are those who tried to, there were doctors who were trying to explain why the Mitzitzah Bepeh was beneficial because of saliva. The Rambam only mentions Mimikamas from the deep parts of the wound. 
Um, and part of the discussion is, is doing it with a gauze, doing it with a tube, or there was some type of a, like a, a suction pump that was, that was used by, by some as well. It, uh, apparently in the 1890s, a manual, a manual type of a pump um, that, was, that was used, um, would that accomplish the same thing or not? So um, the, the, the Yad Eliezer argued that it, that it could. There were many others, um, the most, uh, the two most outspoken about it, there were many, but um, was the Binyan Sion of Etlinger, the Rav of Altuna, who was a student, I think, of Rav Hirsch. Uh, no, he was a Rebbe of Rav Hirsch. Yeah. Um, and, um, and the Maram Shik, who was also a student of the Chasm Seifer, but he lived in, I think, in Galicia. Um, and they wrote um, quite a bit about the whole topic. The, the, um, the best source of it is I really found is the Stei Chemed, who was... It had to be prepared. They were very adamant about it uh, to the extent that they held that if, um, if, if the parents don't let a, uh, the mother do it prepared, that they should forego and not do the bris at all. Wow. Yeah. Who said that? Um, Rev, the Maram Shik and the Binyan Sion, Rev uh, Etlinger. Yeah. Um, the Stei Chemed has a... So they don't believe that he wrote that inside Risha. So, so yeah, the Marm Shik has, like, he almost challenges that. I can't believe my Rebbe actually says that. Yeah, that, 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 right. I mean, it was clearly a Horasha. Uh, you know, he did say it, doesn't say it. I'm not, not here to, to be Machria. The Stechavit has a 50 page contrast, and not very big print, um, just on the Indian of Mitzitza Bepeh, beginning with that. And, and he, uh, Rav Madini, he was a Sephardi Rav, born in Hebron. Eventually moved to Turkey, and then for a period of time he was the Rav in Crimea, I think. Um, and during his years in Crimea, um, apparently pretty much people left him alone, so he had time to write. He wrote like a, I don't know, it's an 18-volume uh, encyclopedic work on every imaginable topic you could think of. What's that? It depends which friend. It depends which friend. Of the Seychemet. Uh, oh, right. Why is that? Is that so? Wow, okay. <laughs> That's why? Basically, we didn't recognize any other name until you mentioned the Sechemet. I did mention the Tanya. I did mention the Tanya. <laughs> so, was, this, was Crimea, was, the, was that a Lubavitch community? No. It wasn't community, no. It was those. Yeah, interesting. Recently, they actually found some uh, discoveries in Crimea that they found. Which I think some stuff that belongs to Really? Wow, fascinating. Wow. Anyway, so he has a, literally a 50-page country here just on Matitsa. The letters he sent to 10, 20 different rabbinians throughout Europe, including the Marmshik and the Binyan and many others. Some mainly of the... Um, I'd say of the, of the Litvisha world, were at least considered the possibility of using other methods. Um, and, and, um, and more of the Hasidic world and some other ones um, that, were, that, were pretty, that were pretty strongly opposed. He finishes the whole thing with a proclamation of the Badats of Yushalayim in the Rav Shmuel Salant and the, the Sephardi chief Rav at the time Rav Al-Sh. 
Shakar, I think was it? Al Yashar. Um, and Rav Shner Zalman Ladir. Is that a Lubavitcher? I don't know. Um, basically, they 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 um, they were very adamant that it you know that it shouldn't be changed. This is our minag. What time period is this? So this would have been probably the late 1800s or very early 1900s. Um, let's say does it have a year? Tishrei Shnas Tafrei Samech Aleph. It was uh, 120 years ago. 122 years ago. 1901. Okay. So, um, so that was, um, so that was that. So, um, the machlokis really continues to today. Um, among the 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 Yerushalayim, all the rabbanim of Yerushalayim basically came out that that both the Sfaradim and the Ashkenazim that it should not change uh, the way it's always been done. They were specifically talking about the last tube. And they they strong, spoke strongly against it. Can I ask a question? Yeah. In, in the early 2000s, when that whole controversy came up, it was very clear what the concern was. Right. The herpes and the, you know, transmitted diseases. What was the concern in the early 1900s? Or so so there were babies who were getting were getting some type of an infection post or post bris. Um, the doctors and they were linking it to the mitzitza. Some claim it may have been to them, they didn't really have a way of sterilizing their utensils. It may have been that one baby had something, you know, an hour later they were using the same utensils for the next bris. That may have been part of the issue. You know, obviously science and technology and, and medicine was not so advanced that they were able to determine exactly. But even today, you know, when they made claims, uh, the, you know, the, the um, Department of Health in New York that, you know, made a, a major um, attempt to try to get Metzitzvah outlawed, basically, um, uh, with a Jewish mayor and a Jewish uh, head of Department of Health, of course, and he says, "I won't be intimidated by those black hat Jews," you know, whatever. Um, so, the, you know, they had no empirical proof that it was from the mitzitzah b'peh, but that was that was their claim, and they and they they made an effort to try to one way or the other to try to to try to do away with it. Um, and even today, so the, I think the the main. <laughs> For lack of a better term, right-wing uh, organization is Achzus Rabbanim and the other Chassidish um, Rabbanim uh, in 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 in, uh, in in this country uh, have you know basically are not really really uh, to give their scum on doing anything except Bepeh. Um and the RCA and and others um, sort of kind of take this in between stance that you know they don't encourage it they don't they don't think it should be outlawed either they don't want the government you know getting involved. What's that? <coughs> yes, yeah, so Ramosha. So it's interesting you mentioned that Ramosha Soloveitchik and and his son Rabbi Yosheber and I think Ravarin as well his other son. Um, were adamant that there's no makor from a tzitzah and they were, um, any bris that they were at, they basically insisted the male not do it b'peh. There's no, there's no What's that? They didn't say mitzitzah shouldn't be done, but they didn't say, it should, they, didn't, they didn't want it being done b'peh. I, they, I don't know that they gave their reasons, um, but but I have a feeling it was it was something like that. Um, uh, there is a uh, Talmud Chacham is no longer in this world who was let's say it was a big Talmud Chacham, but he was on sort of on the left side of where things stood. 
Um, and he said, I, I heard this year on a recording, he said, it's clear to me that a moel who does mitzitzah b'peh on Shabbos is a mechal Shabbos. <laughs> and I almost like <laughs> fell out of my seat when I heard that. Um, and he, he was of, you know, he was connected to, to, to that, you know, to... The same mechal Shabbos would be if you used a, if you used a so yeah, so that he didn't really go into. So I, it's a good question. I was wondering the same thing. I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna suck out blood. It's, it's sucking blood from the chabori either way from the from the wound. So I don't really know what the difference is. Um, so today um, there are um, you know the medical community. If you would if you would ask them, I think they would shudder at the thought. You know, unless it's a, like a from doctor. Of, of, you know, even if you sterilize your mouth with Listerine beforehand and, and this, and you check yourself for, for anything that could be, you know, problematic, they would shudder at the thought of allowing it. Um, and as a result, um, you, you know, Moilim have a real, when they're dealing with a crowd that is not, um, uh, not from or not, not, not interested in it, it would be a real, real challenge to convince uh, parents that it should be done. I mean, I have heard of cases where Moilim sort of did it in a in a way that was a little bit uh, less obtrusive, but um, they probably weren't invited back the second time. Um, so, so uh, I, I think most Moilim today, when they're dealing with the from crowd, you know, certainly give the parents the option um, of, of of doing it if if they should so choose. Um, and when they're not, they either use the tube, which, um, which in my experience does not really, you really have to get a proper suction to get blood actually being drawn out. Otherwise, it's really not doing its job. Um, the, the, the pressure with a gauze or something else tends to draw the blood out much better. Now, there are those who claim that it doesn't do nearly as good of a job as sucking it out as the oral suction, the direct oral suction. Whether it's true or it's not true, I don't know if you could do a, you know, a medical study on that. Um, yes, well, you're obviously never going to draw all the blood out of the wound because the, the blood is constantly flowing. How, I mean, how do you determine medically how much, how much blood that is? Yeah, right, that's, it's, it's really virtually impossible to determine. So, you know, until you think you get the blood from a mechokes ha-rechokim, that's it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I really don't know. Um, um, not that I'm aware of. I mean, um, not that I am aware of. Um, they always accused of taking of the, the non-Jews' blood, not of using the, the blood from the bris milah. It's a different kind of Right. 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 I'll finish with a uh, just an interesting one of the letters in in Stei is from the Slabatka Rosh Hashiva. And he says, uh, you know, Slobodka was known in, in the world as being, you know, they, they dressed in a certain very dignified way. And, 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 and they actually at one point would have, had like, you know, these white gloves and canes, the bakr. They, they felt like, you know, that yeshiva bakr should, should be very, like, dignified and this and that. Godless Adam, and they had a whole thing about it. 
And so, so when the Slobodka Roshiva of um, Moshe Mordechai Epstein was asked about it, so he said, do you think if this thing was, was not part of the mitzvah uh, that we would take a bloody aver and that aver and put it in the mouth? Like if it wasn't something that, that was part of our Masorah, it, it, it would it would sound like that. Chazal talk about using a cup that someone else drank from. Chazal talk about using um, the, the blood letters. They, they had a certain tool that they used for bloodletting, and you'd use it for something else. It, you're over like Baltashaksu. So he says, if Chazal, if our Masorah is that that we're doing this, then it's clearly this is our Masorah, and we should not um, impinge, and we shouldn't in any way think that it's something like has some disgusting quality to it. Um, so it's, it was a very strong letter. It was very, it was very interesting. So, um, but again, you know, Kalei Yisrael does have different minagim. You will see, you'll cross the board um, from, from those that specifically say, I'm not attending a bris if there's mitzvahs of a pet, to those that saying, don't do the bris unless there is mitzvahs of a pet. What's that? Um... Uh, so I don't know if he wouldn't attend the bris, but he, he certainly told Moelim that there should not be mitzvah. Yeah. Ramosha Feinstein? So I did not find in anything in the tshuva specifically um, uh, anything about mitzvah. I don't think he... Maybe there was... Um, there was... Uh, he, he had quite a lot to say. But, but actually, now that you mention it... Um, so this, uh, this was 1989, Ramosha passed away in 86, so this was when AIDS was at its height, right? And there was a whole discussion about, they should do a bepeh, not bepeh. If, so basically they said, uh, either that the baby had AIDS and maybe gave it to a moil and maybe the moil gave it to the next baby, or maybe the moil got a blood transfusion or whatever. That, so basically they said, we therefore wish to make known our opinion, Das Torah, that no male should alter what has been our custom for ancient times. Mitzitzah Bepeh must be performed without the intervention of any utensil whatsoever. If there is a situation with suspicion of disease over the infant, the male or the father should ask an expert rabbi and follow his ruling, um, etc. And this was signed by many of the Hasidic Shikdolim in America and Rosh Hashivas. Reb Reuven Feinstein signed on it, and in, in, the, in the asterisk it says, my father, Rav Moshe, ruled not to, to eliminate it. So, it's, not to eliminate it, not to eliminate Metzitzah B'peh. Now, um, now, did he say another option was also acceptable? I don't know, it's not, you know, it's, it's just a letter, so it's hard, very hard to, hard, hard, hard to know. Um, Um, it's hard to know, you know, exact numbers. I think, if anything, it may be increased. Um, I think it used to be done much more commonly, like either in the hospital or even like, you know, by, by these doctors. It's I mean, still being done, obviously, by, in the hospitals and by doctors, but I think that somewhat has decreased. Um, and I think in general, like a Jewish kid being left as an oral, like not having anything done, I, I think there was a time period, you know, like I think Herzl, 
uh, you know, they, they say that he, he did not have any of his children circumcised when, when they were. Uh, converted to I don't know, he did or his son did. Yeah, so like there was a kufa that where the beginning of the reform and this and that, where like they basically wanted to ban Brismila completely and they just wanted to do away with it. Um, and there was, you know, there was a period, and there's still, I've met, you know, Jews, unfortunately, who, who decide um, not to give a bris to their son at all. Like they, like. It's not a Jewish value, right. Because you're not giving the child a choice. Yeah, yeah. Killing a baby is also a Jewish value, and not killing a terrorist is also a Jewish value, you know, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. What's that? We have a choice, right. So, so the American Pediatric um, Society, whatever it's called, went back and forth for, for, for a number of years. Um, they they generally have um, they generally feel I mean they kind of say it's a parent's choice but they basically feel there are medical benefits from it. Um, so so I have a neighbor I had a neighbor Alava Shalom who was the head of the AIDS research for the CDC in Africa. He was there like twice a year, um, traveling through most of the African countries where AIDS was the you know very prevalent. And he said there was, the CDC basically made a massive effort to try to have all the, the tribals um, circumcised because the amount of general STDs and AIDS specifically was much, was greatly decreased by these, um, by, by those that did have a, uh, a, a circumcision. Um, I mean, look, I risk my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As my next show, female genitals are the real girl. Right, so. How is it a matter Right, right. So, so, um, no, so, the, I mean, there are those who have, uh, I, I have a very, very distant cousin, so I've been told, I've never met him. He's a lawyer in Eretz Israel, and he has, for the last 20 years, tried to outlaw Brismila in Eretz Israel. <laughs> I don't think I want to meet him actually, but, um, but, but so, yeah, so, so the, 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 the fact is, um, if there were no medical benefits, I mean, it, it, so if it wasn't a religious right, I mean, so on religious grounds, they, you know, would probably able to protect it if you're doing it for religious reasons, but if you're just doing it in general, if there was no medical things, it would be hard to, it would be hard to justify. Correct, right, and I mean, there, yeah, there have been, you know, there have been, those are challenges. Right, right, um, there, there has to be, a, I guess there has to be a, a compelling reason, right, right, there'd have to be a compelling reason why the state would have to want to outlaw it, so. Well, uh, they're, they're, they are trying, definitely trying. Iceland just banned last year. Like, there were states. Right, right. Right. 
It does not suck, right? So that that was part of the back and forth between them. Does does the mem tzadi tzadi motzetz means to squeeze, or does motzetz mean to suck? And it 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 squeezes out, but it doesn't suck out. So it's not as effective. Could maybe do some some type of a sucking. Than the actual than actual squeezing the area. I, I hear that, it, but you'd have to get it actually that it it's actually is get a like a you'd have to get a vacuum seal so that it would actually actually suck out because if it, there's a little air coming in from below, it's really it's just it looks nice, but it's not actually doing anything. Oh, to make a plug, interesting. Yo, patent that. Yeah, that's it, got it. Okay, Shkaya. Okay. Speaking to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, some more. Yeah, yeah. Um, what happened in New York with the 